to another episode of the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. We've got a full house today. Um, so we've got Andrew Moran. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Well, good. good back to another episode. Good. The legend John Jarvis. How are you, John? Yeah, good. Lovely to see you, Sophie, after <laughs> swatting away for such a long period of time. Know, Where have you been? Sorry, guys. <laughs> and then we've got our special guest, Areti Isles. Areti, how are you doing today? Hello. Good, thank you. Love to be here. And we are honoured to have you on the podcast. Really excited about this one. So I guess I'll let you introduce yourself. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of an introduction about you and what you currently do? Sure. So hi, uh, my name is Areti. I work for a Microsoft partner here in the UK called Incremental Group. They are the enterprise applications arm of Telefonica Tech, so fairly recently acquired. Um, my role is that of a solution architect and sort of IT program manager at times, depending on the project. Um, I purely focus on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform, and I've been in consultancy since 2016. Before that, I was working within the Dynamics 365 space, but on the client side. And yeah, most of the projects that I'm doing now are basically to 250 or 500 companies in financial services, as it happens. Uh, I'm based in Reading. Uh, I'm also one of the leaders of the Reading Dynamics 365 and Power Platform user group, um, together with Fraser Deer and Tim Lung. Um, and I sometimes blog about the wonderful things I come across in projects, uh, among other things. Uh, so that's me. Thank you. Um, great introduction. And Dynamics, what a minefield. Uh, is the easiest way to sort of describe it. Um, I've tried and I'm trying again to learn, but um, yeah, it's an absolute, well, there's so much to learn. Do you cover the whole of the dynamic stack? God, no, I don't think anyone, I don't think that's humanly possible, you know? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no so uh, I cover CE, so customer experience, uh, customer engagement, actually, sorry. Um, at least that's what they call it right now. Uh, so mainly um, sales, customer service, marketing specifically. So that kind of trio of products tends to be okay. what is used in projects, yeah. Got it. Um, so I guess take us back right to the start then. Um, you know, what did you want to be when you was when you was younger and what did you do when you were growing up to get to where you are today? So I did not know what I wanted to be. I had no idea and I got to my last year of school. So, in, so obviously I'm, I'm from Greece originally, so the system is a little bit different there, but basically I finished school on a 17 and a half and I did this kind of career guidance advice thing that schools have. Um, and they said that I could either go into engineering or I could go into management, weirdly. Mm -hmm. So my math skills have never been great. Um, so I thought mm, engineering sounds like the kind of thing that I would not be good at. Um, so I went into management. So I did a degree in management and um, while I was studying, I thought, oh, I love the marketing modules that I'm doing. I thought that was really interesting in terms of how people make decisions about what they buy. So I thought I'm going to do that. I'm going to go into marketing. So I did a, I started doing a master's in marketing and then about six months before finishing that, I was like, I don't, I don't think this is right for me <laughs> after all. Um, so I thought. I still love it. I just don't think it's, I want to do something else. And I was looking for other jobs, basically finishing while I was finishing. So I've been working part-time um, as an, a kind of IT marketing manager while I was studying at university. Um, and I, the first kind of full-time job I got was actually in an IT support department of a facilities management company. 
Um, and that was kind of how I, I properly got into IT. But I think I should say I have my brother to thank. So I have an older brother who was an IT whiz and I, he, you know, fried my motherboard once and I was very upset. Um, and he was the one that kind of got me into IT to begin with. And I was kind of looking at the cool things he was doing with it. And I was thinking, oh, that's, you know, that's interesting. What do you mean I can, you know, we can play Soldier of Fortune with a LAN cable? That's nice. Um, so that's kind of how I got, I got interested in it, but it wasn't until I started you know, working what I was studying and then actually got a job in the IT department that I started working on this officially in this industry. Yeah, I think when we speak to a lot of people on this podcast, no one really, well, a lot of a lot of the women that we speak to, they fall into it or they have someone, you know, within their family who, like you say, your brother who was in IT and, you know, it's not something that really comes up or what women choose to study or or anything like that so so yeah it's interesting what what was the um what was the education like in Greece then did they have the option and was it similar to England when it comes to you know IT and the more masculine subjects so to speak so no it was a bit different um so we had computer science when we were about I think 12 or 13, which is quite early on in the process. And I remember we would, you know, sit there and do like QBasic <laughs> back in the day. Um, and and it was no, it was never really considered that, oh, girls don't do IT or girls don't do maths or I think Greece generally is, as a society is very much a matriarchy anyway. Okay. So I think, you know, there is a, a, a big element of, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, if Love you want that. to do it. Yeah, which is really, really nice. Um, so it was never ever a case of, you know, oh, what do you think you're going to do? That that said, you know, there is that kind of stereotypical either become a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, something else, but mm -hmm. um, it has changed a lot. Uh, and I think it's it's actually quite a nice, nice part of Greek kind of culture that it's it's very much a study and do what you love. It's quite nice. It was the case for me anyway. I can't speak for everyone, obviously. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, wh why, why do you think that is? Um, well, that that is not the case for everybody, or that. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the circumstances. I think it it also depends on what you know, um, and what your parents know, because you know, the, you know, your parents will want your child to do well, but they oh. will also worry about the unknown. So if you want to do something that they don't have experience in then they will be worried about it. So my my parents' background is in medicine. So right. they have no idea what myself and my brother do. <laughs> they and and it's it's you know it would be very, very difficult for, for us to explain it, can explain it to a certain extent, but it's just very unfamiliar for them. So I think sometimes you know you want the what is known. Um, I think that has changed a lot, though. I think generally, generationally as well, we have changed. You know, I have a I have a three year old, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say to my child, oh, you know, go into and, and if anything, to be honest, you know, credit to my parents. My parents said, don't go into medicine. <laughs> they didn't even say go into medicine. They're like whatever you do, just don't go into it. Um, so I think it really depends on on the circumstances um, and your teachers at school as well and what your, your what your school promotes and what your, your school encourages you to do as a student as well. You know, education is really important. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so what is it that you do today then? Explain sort of your role day to day, what you do as, as a consultant, especially working in Dynamics. 
Sure, so I started off as a uh, functional consultant back in 2016. So I had been a CRM systems manager before then, and I kind of moved from consultant to senior functional consultant to principal consultant to now being a solution architect. So fundamentally, I work with senior consultants, uh, developers, uh, enterprise architects, just as a team, and I make sure that what we are telling our customers that we're going to do, the way that we are interpreting the requirements, the way that we are designing what we're going to do to meet those requirements is effectively sound, that we're using the latest technology that we have, uh, that also I'm supporting the, our consultants if they have areas where they need to learn more or understand things more, if they need support on anything, and effectively just being that kind of quality control and making sure that the whole thing makes sense and that we are not we're not making decisions at the beginning that actually are, are going to affect us a month into the project when we come to the next part of it or the next phase of it. Um, just really overseeing it all and making sure it's it makes sense that the customer is happy, that the team's happy, and the system's happy. The best way I can describe it. Um, conscious that I'm the I'm the one sort of talking mainly in this. John, I'm sure you've got questions to ask. I don't want this podcast to all be me. <laughs> oh, you go ahead. Slide. <laughs> don't be shy. <laughs> Don't be sure. So we've been done a lot of episodes recently, you know, a bit of burnout. We can sit here, just enjoy listening away. That's why Andrew likes it when you're on a podcast, so he doesn't have to talk so much. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, guys. John, I'll let you ask a question, then I'll butt in. No, I mean, Dynamics is completely not my kettle of fish whatsoever. I don't know. I don't know much about that, the the whole the whole thing to be fair um I think I've used that now just avoided like SharePoint it's just yeah I've used dynamic CRM I've used dynamic CRM before but um something that really sticks out to me is um last year at the South Coast Summit um one of the questions was how big is the um licensing um like book on or play or whatever it's called on um on dynamics there's like ridiculous amount of pages long like 60 something plus or something like that and that and that's just some licensing like <laughs> i always thought microsoft 365 licensing was pretty pretty bad with like at least you can go to microsoft 365 and 365maps.com it's pretty like it just seems so confusing to me and yeah <laughs> you're not alone is all i can say like Licensing is always a, oh God, licensing, you know, even for all consult, there is a reason I think that there are specialists in licensing for Dynamics Rix 5. But as you said, this is the thing, and we have to talk about this because it hasn't been mentioned yet on this episode, that John is a quiz winner and I have been a quiz captain and I have always lost to John. So clearly we must mention this. Two We've times, only got a few minutes, we have to do it. it. Two times quiz winner, just just um, clear that up. I know, um, I, know yeah. I was there. <laughs> Anyone listening to this podcast, please go to an event where John is doing a quiz and just beat him. Uh, you know, impossible. Our team's too strong. Our team's too strong. Like, got just got people from all areas of of of, of the Microsoft ecosystem, and it's just too strong. We we play as a team as well. We play to win. Well, I mean, you say that. I'll tell you what Sophie said on an episode where this was mentioned that it sounds like a fix. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just saying Sophie's words. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> we just got we just got too many good people in the team and plus you if you if you go there like if you go there you see trisha not tracy and and the rest of them andrew bivy they all love like um what's it louise's team and stuff like that they, they were the previous winners and we've come we've come beat them twice like just 
this is what it is. Are you allowed to have the same team, though? Are you allowed to keep having the same team? Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's, it's a pub quiz. Like, you go in, you enter your team, your team into the pub quiz. Okay, you do. fine, fine. Because I know when I did when I did the one, I just got put into a random one. Yeah, so when you so when you sign up for it, you can um you can say who you want your team captain to be. Right. So just don't don't pick my team captain because we've got asset team and it gets awkward. <laughs> oh great! So I can never be in the winning team. No, I you can think never I'm just not bother. I mean, give them a chance. So if you know someone else might win this year. Yeah. Well, that's it. Where we've is the equal some. opportunities, John? Where is the equal opportunity though? We do. We have equal opportunities for everyone who's in our team. Like. Yeah, it's annoying that you're known as the one that's winning <laughs> twice in a row. Can't win three times. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, no, it's it's just about being consistent, really. Like you, you've pr- proven it once, you got to do it again. You know, you, be... <laughs> you, you get... know someone from the inside that's given you the the questions prior. Pr- pr- no, it's bloody hard the quiz. Like sometimes it's about it's about luck. Like a lot of it is about luck, in honesty. And um, and and figuring out what the answer is like most most of it on on the fly. But yeah, I'm not going to go into some of our tips on how we win and stuff like that. Like there are there are we've we've got we've got a working a working way that we make sure that we get as most points as we can. But I'm not going to share it. That's um, confidential information which I can't disclose on the podcast, unfortunately. I just sign yeah, I sign NDA and stuff for that. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's longer. It's longer than the MVP NDA as well. So um, yeah. <laughs> do you attend the um, South Coast Summits or attend the Scottish Summit? I do. Yeah. So I'm I'm missing the Manchester Scottish Summit this year, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I will be in Farnborough at the end of October. Very much looking forward to it. Um, yeah, and I try to go to uh, user groups as well uh, as much as I can. So yeah, yeah, I do. I do love a conference. It is really good fun. Do yeah. you? Uh, do you speak there or? Yeah, so um, I, I, I've mainly focused on customer voice, which is my my favorite topic because it's so underutilized and it's free with most licenses. So people are paying okay. for it and they're not using it, which is a shame. So I'm hoping to talk about that again this year. We shall see. Um, bit of a different presentation. So yeah, I tend to I tend to talk about that, and I'm trialing a new thing where I've got another session called getting started with uh, Dataverse and Power Automate because it's kind of one one it's a one-on-one session. And I think that a lot of the sessions that are out there generally, user groups, conferences, wherever, they are they are great, but some of them can be quite um, kind of expert focused. Yeah, yeah. And there's n- I find that sometimes if you're new and starting or you're on an end client and you're looking to change the consultancy or you're looking to find out a bit more, there there aren't that many sessions of hey, here's this thing, I'm going to simplify it for you so you can understand it. Um, and yeah, there's, I'm expecting, I don't know, we'll see, um, that there might be a lot of people that, even though Power Automate has been around for a long time and now, and obviously Dataverse has as well, that there might be people that still go, oh yeah, you know what, I've just not had a chance to look into that. Let me have a look into it and see what how that works. Um, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking into that at the moment to see how we can simplify Kind of things that we kind of all take for granted at our level, but actually, there's a lot of people that actually don't have that access to understand it. Yeah, I think when it comes to sessions, yeah, it's, it's always difficult to find 
sessions that are, are very like low level. When, when obviously I've run a conference and run user groups, and when you're looking at the the, you know, the submissions that come in, you know, it's, it's getting that right balance to make sure you're attracting the right people to the, the events, but also then having the right level of sessions to basically balance everything out. That, that's always a, a difficult task to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't envy the people that have to go through the submissions and select them. It's a tough job and there is thousands of them. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it takes a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't realize for sure. Yeah, I does. think, yeah, I think, I think both of them sound really good. I get a lot of partners and especially more recently asking more about Power Platform, Power Automate. And like you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of businesses that haven't really looked into it or just haven't had the chance or, or, or anything like that. And even more on dynamics, to be honest, because you've got to be a specialist in that, as we've said. Um, how did you get into speaking then? Um, so I, I think the first presentation I did was, it was a customer voice one. Uh, it was like a, how do you use customer voice and integrate it with the Canvas app if you wanted to get real time feedback. And it was I think, two years ago now. So it was in the, at the, uh, at the very first South Coast summit. So that was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, um, yeah. yeah. So that was the, that was the first time I presented and I literally kind of submitted the session thinking there's no way it's going to go in, you know, there's no chance. And then it got in and I was like, oh, right. <laughs> um, and yeah. Uh, and I, and I presented and I just, uh, it was really great to, to, to see that it was useful to people, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, that I actually did know my stuff and that people did not know the things that I knew and therefore I could contribute something back to people. Um, so that that was kind of how I started, and then I um, I was looking to kind of get in touch with the community here where I live in Reading because I moved from from London to Reading uh, two and a half years ago, and I was looking for a user group for Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. So I got in touch with Andrew, um, and I said Andrew BB, and I said uh, I don't see one. It, like what am I missing? Where is it? And he said there is one. And I was like, what in Reading? Where where like the headquarters of Microsoft are? I said, yeah. can I can I create one? He was like, sure, go for it. Um, and he he gave me and the rest of the the team within the the UK kind of user groups team that that he is he chairs. They have all been super useful and they allowed us to get started very very quickly. And yeah, we're having our third one in a couple of weeks, third user group meeting nice. this year. So yeah, it's looking um yeah, and we're just starting to create this kind of community, which local one, which is really really nice. Now, and do you do that in person? Is it like a Best first meetup. Yeah, we do. So we've been it's it's been hosted the first two we had actually at the Microsoft offices in Reading. Mm -hmm. Um but uh that site is kind of reducing quite a bit now. So we are actually gonna be at Reading College um as of uh, next month, which is uh yeah, cool, very cool value. They've got an institute of technology there. So yeah, it's really nice. So we are moving. Um but yeah, they're all in person and we're already looking at dates for twenty twenty four as well. So very excited. Nice. I must say, like the the best thing about I think the Power Platform community is everyone just loves to talk about it. Like they said, it's very kind of like active in in terms of submissions for events and user groups, and you see them everywhere. There's not there's not as many like Microsoft three six five or definitely not like any type of like endpoint management type of what user yeah. groups out there. But there's so many Power Platforms like. Um, User groups. I know Charlie um, Phipps, Phipps, Phipps um, has one up up north, and then there's a few here, there, and everywhere. Um, to Charlie, the 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 young 
um, MVP as well. We've got one around just north of London as well. So there's quite a few of them. But then it's really good to see such a good active community as well that wanting to do stuff. Um, and as you see, like on the, the call for speakers, like Power Platforms is just massive, like huge. But yeah, yeah. it's good. So there used to be loads of like Office 365 user groups back in the day when obviously, you know, it was more of a the go to thing. But now, as to say, that there seems to be dropping off quite a lot. And it's yeah. more, you know, more targeted, more focused on different areas now. Because I, yeah. I, I know there used to be, you know, Office 365 user groups in like Birmingham, Manchester. London needs to be like UC user groups as well in London and, and further afield. But yeah, the seems to start just completely dropped away and there's, you get all these new ones that are basically popping appear then everywhere. Yeah, I know Shirek has one. Um, mm. I, I don't know how I, I've, I've been. Yeah, it was two weeks ago, but I think yeah, two weeks ago, the last one at the reactor. And um, there's another one hosted by um, was it Jason Wynn and them, and them guys and Steve and that. Other than that, not 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 many, not many at all. And as, as I said, if you if you if anyone's listened to my previous episode, I love a, I love a conference and stuff, so I can sit and talk about them all day. Um, I think I did talk about them all day with um, with Christy. <laughs> yes, you did. You really did. <laughs> it was like cool. I think that episode was like about there was eleven o'clock one or something, and it was getting so late, and I was going to America the next day, and I just ended up talking about conferences for about half an hour yeah <laughs> That's right. we, we talk about all kinds of things in this podcast all kinds of things. yeah oh god anyway um so how did you get into oh, sorry how did you hear about the community in general and because i've always found and some people do struggle getting into the community and you know becoming a speaker or having the confidence to do so um so was there anyone you know that sort of introduced you to that community or was it just a case of finding it yourself how, how did you get into it yeah, so I found out about it very late on. If you think about how long I had been in the Dynamics 365 and Power Platform space, I was a bit like, wait, there's this thing. Um, <laughs> so I, I owe it to my line manager at the time, who uh, is an MVP actually, so it's Claire Carmichael. So she okay. um, she works at Incremental and she was, um, I'm pretty sure that she, she sent a message to our team saying, hey, there is this new conference happening in the South Coast. Anyone have any ideas for topics? And I and I was working at this proof of concept for customer voice on the Canvas app, and I said, "Oh well, there you know, there's this thing." And she said, "Well, that's great. You go talk about that." And I was like, "What?" Um, so yeah, that's kind of how how I found out about it. And then I uh, I volunteered to be one of the quiz captains because a colleague of mine was going to do it, but she fell ill, so I was like, "That's fine. I can I can do that. Not a problem. All fun and games." Um, <laughs> And that's kind of how then I, I got in touch with Andrew to say, you know, is there a user group? And then I went into the user group side of things. But yeah, I just, it, it, I, I, it's, it's difficult to put the word out about those things because unless yeah. you know about it, you won't look for it. So I absolutely understand kind of where, where the question is coming from. And it's a great question. It, I think we just need to talk about it a lot more and advertise it a lot. I mean, we do all, all of us anyway, but mm. yeah, it's, it's trying to think about who do we know in our network that could benefit from getting involved in the community and kind of encouraging them to do it. Because I know so many people that have, that are doing such great things, but they're just too self-conscious or just, you know, worried about actually getting involved in those things. Um, 
so at least getting them to attend and actually saying to them, hey, you know, you should you should come and have a look at this thing. This is a great thing. It will help them go and actually get involved. And then it's amazing to see what happens after that. This is um, you had Stephanie Stacy on the on the podcast, and that's mm-hmm. exactly how she got involved. With it. I put a post out saying, hey, go summit stuff, go. Um, and 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 she and she did, and you know, she created an app that saves lives, and she works for Microsoft. So. Yeah. You know, it's amazing, like what can happen and how much impact these things can have. It's it's yeah. incredible. I think going to them as well, you do see, even if you're not speaking, you do see how positive it is. And I know when we've done we've done the panels and stuff, you get so many people coming up afterwards saying, you know, that's so relatable and it's really great. You never get there's never any negativity, in my opinion, anyway. And I think the community itself is something that's really strong and will make someone feel more comfortable anyway. Just if they like what you said, if if they do turn up and um, just push themselves a little bit. Yeah, there's, there, I would say one thing to be aware of as well is that I think we need to get better at finding the people that are on their own in the room and yeah. involving them because it can feel, if you go to a conference or an event and you're on your own, you can feel a little bit like, well, that you're on your own. Yeah. And I think I think we definitely need to do something like not really a new attendees table, but yeah. something something to allow new people that are actually getting involved that are there on their own because there will be people that just, you know, they see it and they just go. You know, I was on my own the first time I went. If you don't know anybody, it can be quite isolating. So I think it is, yeah, we all need to remember to try. And it's always nice to see our familiar friends and uh, catch up at these things, but it's always nice to kind of try and see, you know, who's there on their own. Can you actually go and chat with them and see whether they're there and, you know, tell them all about all of the cool things that are happening. But yeah. it, it is a very welcoming group, absolutely. And I don't think anyone has ever said no to anything I have asked for, or if we've asked them to get involved in a user group, or like everyone is just looking to help people, genuinely. So, yeah. you know, you don't see that every time, every, you know, every day. I think what we should do is on the next one is just all the new people can go in John's quiz team um, and we'll mix it up and then they'll have a friendly face. And um, what do you think? Do you think that's a good job? It's, it's not my team. So therefore, um, I, yeah, it's not my team. I can't say that. And um, and we're not accepting any new members. So sorry about that. <laughs> we're not accepting any new members. Nah. However, if I'm right in thinking the actual person who is the team owner has been on this podcast. So shouldn't they be a, a Microsoft Spotlight quiz team? There we go. In the making of all the guests that have been on. Just to be fair, I think half our team have been on, half of my our pub quiz team has been on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Sarah, oh. Zoe, who else? Um, Anna. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, nearly all, nearly all of them. Um, so, Arita, is there anything or is there a specific moment within your IT career that you're particularly proud of, greatest achievement? What What is it? Or you, you can have a couple, you can have as many as you want. <laughs> oh, um, I think the, the one that definitely kind of stands out is one kind of fairly early on when I was still on the client side of things. I was working for an animal welfare charity where we had introduced Dynamics 365 to manage our stakeholder database, for lack of a better word. And um, we were trying to do really great things with Microsoft technologies, but we were a very small team, but we were a global organization. And Microsoft acknowledged that fact, and we got a um, recognition of 
of that. And we went to, um, oh, what was it called at the time? It doesn't exist anymore. Microsoft Conver no, Convergence? No, I might be saying it wrong now. Putting me on the spot. But there was a, there, there was a, um, a, a European Microsoft conference. I'm going to go find it now. Um, that uh, we were recognized that that doesn't exist anymore. It, they're not, they, they, they don't do it. Um, it was, let me have a look. Uh, it was Convergence, yeah, 2015 okay. EMEA, but it doesn't exist more. So yeah, it was the, we, we got um, the visionary award winner for the things that we were doing with technology in, in that um, organization. And it was, it was a very, very proud moment for the whole team. And, you know, we got to go to, to Barcelona for it. It was just amazing. Um, we just, yeah, it, for us, it was just wonderful um, yeah, to, wow. to get the recognition. Yeah, definitely a highlight. But yeah. but that that was you know because of what it meant as well and the impact it was having. Um, I've quite also seen it as an achievement to do really big projects that have you know completely digitally transformed the business. And I and I had the the the, the privilege to be involved in one of those for two and a half years and kind of see it through. Um, and that was incredible. Um, it was a it was for an event management company and. It was across multiple countries globally. I got to go to Moscow, which was an experience in itself for two weeks. Wow. Um, it was really, really interesting, but it was just great to see how much technology really can change the way people work and actually improve the way they work, because that's that's kind of why we do what we do. Um, yeah. So I would say those two are definitely highlights for me so far. Yeah, amazing. And would you say that sort of the reward and the feeling that you get afterwards is one of the reasons why you do your job and the question to follow that is what what else is it that you, that you love about your job and why do you do what you do i think for me yes definitely i think i do what i do to help people achieve what they're trying to achieve mm -hmm. basically i i go in and i go right what are you trying to achieve let me help you achieve it whatever that is um make your life easier kind of thing <laughs> is, is what what i try to do Yes, definitely. It's great to, you know, work and put the technology in place and see what difference it makes. I particularly love upskilling people as well. So actually teaching people things that they have to do in Dynamics if they've not used Dynamics before or if they were using Salesforce before and they've moved to Dynamics and, you know, t showing them the differences. Um, and, and showing them that they're actually, you know, technology is not a bad thing. They can use it. It will make their lives better. And seeing them actually see that and go, yeah, okay, I get it now. Cool. Um, just having that switch to say you you can actually use this and it will help improve things for you. But I also love seeing people grow on the job. So people that are working on the project that start as consultants and then they get promoted to senior consultants or start as a as a developer and then become a, a principal dev like seeing people learn from the project and grow um and you know become better consultants in the process not that they're bad consultants to begin with but they just improve and you know they they get more in love with the technology and how much it can do and it's only and i think that's only increasing over time you yeah. know the the platform is growing the capabilities of what it can do it's it are growing and although that is completely anxiety and stress inducing because we cannot keep up, um, at the same time, it's also very exciting because you just kind of think, you know, what are, jo what are our jobs going to be like in five years time? What are yeah. our jobs going to be like in two years time? I have no idea. 
and it's it's a, it's anxious, but it's also a happy feeling of oh, you know, the suspense. I don't yeah. know how else to explain it, but it's it's really it, you know I can't wait to see what we talk about in two years time. It won't yeah. be what we're talking about now, that's for sure. No, is do you? And I know this is a, probably a bit of a difficult question, but do you have a plan in regards to where you want to go next, or is it just a case of you want to stay in this role and do what you're doing for a little bit? And I'm yeah, I'm, I mean I'm firmly in delivery. I love delivering uh, things. I don't think I'll ever move out of delivery. Um, I I love the kind of practical elements of it. Love the people aspects of it. Um, I I'm I try not to plan ahead too much purely because I don't really know where the platform is going to go mm -hmm. at the moment. Like I I don't think realistically you can have an idea, but I don't know how much you can plan ahead. Um, for me I I'm kind of waiting to see how it goes. Um, we've also got big changes within our company ha happening at the moment, so I'm waiting to see how that kind of changes the way the way we work and and how how we evolve going forward. So that's very exciting as well. Um, I I would imagine that you know I am firmly going to continue to be delivering IT projects because that's what I love to do. Um, so I think I think that's where I'll be. If you hit me up in five years, I'll probably <laughs> still be still be here delivering IT projects, and that's fine with me. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And it means that, you know, you really enjoy what you're doing, which is what we all want, isn't it? To be doing something that we love. Um, so, well, I guess just a couple of things from me then. Well, I don't know if John's, John or Andrew have got any more questions, but when it comes to the women in tech community, actually, it's something we talk about on this podcast a lot. Is that something you've got heavily involved in or do you... You know, for people listening, are there any events or um, sort of user groups, so to speak, that you, you do get involved in that other people can get involved in? So I um, ashamedly was not very aware of the women in tech problem because mm -hmm. for surely out of, I imagine, damn luck, um, all of the, the line managers I had, the people around me I had, they never really treated me as if, me being a woman in IT was yeah. uh, any, anything different to anything else. Um, so I, when I started hearing other people's stories about this, I thought, oh wow, okay, I've been, I've been in a bubble, I've been sheltered, I've been lucky to to mm -hmm. not have been through the things that they have been through. But that was very, very recently, right. like in the last, in the last like, I would say, couple of years. Maybe actually oh. when I started getting involved in the community and and actually meeting a lot more women in IT. That was when I realized I was like, okay, so there's uh, what I can say is there's a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> because there is, I, I love going to the Microsoft Tech Hair events. I think they are wonderful. Um, we definitely need to do a lot more in the Reading user group. I've, you know, I, we're trying to promote having more women speakers because a lot of the speaker submissions that we get are from men and mm -hmm. men are lovely but we really need to make it a bit more diverse. So we're trying to make it 50-50. So can we have across our year of events, can we have 50% male speakers, 50% women speakers? Yeah. So these are the kind of things that we're trying to do. But I think for me, it's not just that, it's it's new speakers as well. I think we need to try and encourage more people to, to try and come and speak to these events and not have the same people again and again and again. Again, nothing wrong with it, but I think there must be so many people out there that are doing cool things. They're just not talking about them because they don't think they're cool enough, but they mm -hmm. absolutely are. So all I would say is submit sessions. Worst case scenario, you won't get accepted. Best case scenario, you will get accepted. And then 
you might get the community back and you'll meet lots of people and you know create this kind of web of, of individuals that are if anything that will show you what life is like outside of the company you work for because sometimes it can be very you know you can be quite isolated and think the IT industry is where you work but it's there's such a broad variety of different companies people cultures out there within our industry so it exposes you to that as well I mean, when it comes obviously picking speakers obviously there is has, there has to be that balance because in the day when someone looks at a conference they're going to look at who's speaking so when you've got obviously you know seasoned pros there that you know you follow for years they're the ones that kind of like pull you in immediately then you start looking at all the others that are behind that i mean so it is a balancing act all the time i mean you know when I started public speaking, I just literally threw myself out there. And because I was doing my own conference, I think that kind of put weight to some of my submissions. That's why I was able to go over to the Netherlands and speak there uh, twice back to back for two years. So, yeah, it's, it's always a difficult balancing act. And I'd, I'd say I don't envy people that run conferences and have to pick speakers because it is, you know, it is quite difficult. I mean, I know that people have recently spoke about it, I've heard that all they're doing now, they don't even look at the names of people or, you know, just looking purely on the actual content itself. And that's a good way of making sure there's a an, a fair way of picking people. But also it's difficult then to try and get that gender balance because you don't know yeah. who's actually submitting that session as well. So it, it's a tough act for anyone running a conference. Yeah, and, and there is such a thing as positive discrimination, which is my pet hate. And I think Storm Ray in your podcast mentioned this as well, that no woman wants to be offered things or be added to things or invited to things because she's a woman. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing. And yeah, I, I recently had an experience where someone said, we are looking for women to join our company. Would you like to apply? And I was like, no, like yeah. that's, that's not a criteria for anyone to apply for a job. Um, and it, it, yeah, we need to stop doing that as well, for sure. Um, I completely agree that, yes, it would be lovely to have more women in IT, but I think surely going, oh, you're a woman, do you want to do a thing? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I am seriously impressed the fact you keep pulling out references from po previous podcasts. I mean, I felt bad when, when Sophie asked me the question, you know, where, where are you looking? What's your plan? You know, Storm was like, I'm going to change the world. Can I say that? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm never going to top that with my answer. But yay, she's, she's amazing. I love her. She's, yeah. Yes. I mean, how so can I are you? So are you. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks. Just, uh, sorry, just one more, one more thing for me. These blogs, you mentioned at, at the start, you do your own blogs as well. Where can people find them? Um, you know, what do they cover? I'm guessing dynamics, but yeah, just a bit of a brief. So, um, yes, aretiisles.com, uh, I refer to it as my little corner of the web. It's a very kind of basic website, really, um, where I don't blog often because it's mainly my therapy. So I tend to start nice. blog slash rant. <laughs> um, but basically, um, I, I will blog about, yes, Dynamics 365 things, Power Platform things, mainly things that we come across as development teams on a project and there is no solution in the platform for it and you kind of have to do a workaround thing or there's some weird thing that's happening that you really need to be aware of. Um, for example, if you create a lookup table, sorry, lookup um, column slash field in Dataverse, you can't switch on auditing while you're creating it. So you have to create it, then reopen it to switch on auditing. What's that about? That's just nuts. Um, so there's lots of little things in there and I basically create blog articles to go, here's this weird thing, this is how I deal with it. Um, and th there's things like that in there. There's also, 
just general things I do with the team. So I ask a Friday question every Friday. So I we have a team chat and I will ask a random question to the team. So there is a blog post about that, for example, and what I do and why I do it. Um, so, you know, they're not serious questions they are, you know, silly questions. So today we were asking about sunscreen and whether people put sunscreen on and what SPF and do they spray or do they do they use cream? And you'll be surprised. Someone apparently wears SPF 50 every day, even in winter. Really? I'm a, big, I'm a big SPF fan though, but it's, I think it's just because I'm ginger. Um, like I've been away and I'm every 30, 40 minutes, 50, 50 plus, but I've got to, otherwise I'll just burn. I think it depends, but I don't put it on here in winter, but I do put it on in the summer in England. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, for, so my, it's, for my heritage, I like to class myself as an evergreen person. I have an evergreen tan all year round. I'm Lucky naturally you. blessed. The only problem that I have, being bald, my head gets burned. So I, I have to start, you know, either wear, keep wearing hats or put some cream on there. Oh, dear. <laughs> John, what about you? What's the cream do you use? Oh, I can't hear you. I've been told to do 50 to my wife. Um, when I was in Vegas, I didn't have anything whatsoever, and I came out like, looking like a lobster. Um, oh. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Should have definitely yeah. used suntan lotion that day. <laughs> It can be okay. really bad for you though. Like if you don't put sun cream on, it can be really. I've been seeing loads of people getting that sun poisoning where the face blows up and stuff. It looks awful. I tell you what, my wife actually had sun poisoning. It's the first time I've ever seen it. It's horrendous. Yeah. Um, we she we got on our honeymoon, and the whole face just basically started swelling, and literally you could like press your thumb into her head, and it just left the thumbprint mark. It was it was really bad. It took it took about two to three weeks for it to really calm down. Yeah, Jesus. Yes, that's so always be careful. Yeah, and you're listening. Make sure you put your sun cream on, especially because it's been red hot in England, doesn't it? Hot. It was hotter here than in Tenerife. Ah, uh, so anyway. Um, right, go on, John. Your John, questions. I've got one. I've got one to wrap up as well after John. Well, Sophie asked my question earlier. Did I? About yeah. the achievement. Yeah, you asked my Sorry. question earlier, so you have ruined you ruined my entry though. Have so. you got another one? No. Nah. No, I'm sulking now. Andrew can finish it. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw one in there. So what advice would you give to a younger version of self starting off in the IT market? Oh, what a good question. Um, I think it would have to be around the recruitment process because I was quite naive when I started off um, kind of finding jobs and going through jobs and I I kind of always thought that um, recruiters will will have your best interests at heart, and I think they get a lot of bad rep, and I think they do. However, the employer is also their client, and I think we shouldn't forget that. So, I would I would say you know make sure you keep that in mind and ask for what you want, and don't be you know manipulated into accepting something that you don't feel is right for you actually and don't feel pressured to make a decision you just you know stick to your guns and do what you feel is best for you and you'll be fine yeah i think also with that as well in the day you're going for that job interview that company to sell to you as well so don't be scared to ask questions and make them tell you more about the role more about the company their, their their processes, their policies, because that way you can then leave that interview. You know what? I actually really think that'd be a good fit for yourself. 
Absolutely. And I think the, the the other thing as well, I think, is that it's very important to think about the culture of the place as well, because and I think that's that's become a lot more relevant now with how much more mental health is on the agenda and how much more we're talking about that. I think it's very important to know that you are in a place where the culture is a good fit for you and that the culture is not toxic, because unfortunately, there's a lot of places still where that's the case. And yeah, it's a it's a serious thing that we really need to look after more, for sure. Yeah, I say the stuff that you know. Sometimes when you join a company, you don't know until you've actually joined. I mean, I say one company that I joined, or name them. Um, they basically did a whole marketing campaign, and it was massively offensive to women. There was literally um, the, the, the tagline was sometimes things are better outsourced and it was literally like a, a large woman naked and then that tagline it was just like wow how that got through marketing and put and released publicly is, i have no idea wow it absolutely threw me when i, when I, when I saw it, it was like no nah. someone must have got sacked for that if they didn't then just it's terrible maybe i should have stayed in marketing maybe i made a mistake <laughs> um but that's yeah that really is terrible god wow but yes, so thank you for joining us today. I think we'll wrap it up there. It's always, you, you know, it's, it's great to meet one of our biggest fans who's basically knows more about the podcast than me and John. Since we've I been would, here from I the very start. Go, I wouldn't <laughs> go that far. But, you know, I mean, I, I I might just know that, like, Sophie joined on episode 14 or something. That's the only that's the only thing I might know. But that's, that's, that's like, I don't know much before Sophie joined, to be honest. It was like pre yeah, exactly. It was the pre-Sophie and after Sophie for me. No, okay. No, it's a, it, honestly, you know, and this is the thing I want to say thank you for having me on because I learn a lot of things about both the industry but also the people that are on here. But um it is the podcast is great and it does make a difference that it does exist because there's some great conversations that are had on each episode and I learn a lot from the way people work and the, the things that they do and the things that they care about to the fact that you can have Botox to cure migraines. Blew my mind. Um, sorry. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's amazing kind of the, the topic that get covered and I find it very interesting. So thank you guys for having me. And um, yeah, I will continue listening in. As, you, as, you're, as you're here, I've got a quick, actually one final question, sorry. Would you like more Harry Potter content? Bye. I would. <laughs> Um, more Harry Potter yeah. content. Um, I I reckon you should open this up to a poll. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could probably poll. try and put a poll on the episode when I release it. I can do that. I can do yeah. Spotify. Yeah. I think I we'll think have an episode where we dress up as a Harry Potter character. Yeah, um, like um, ask the people. You know, ask the I people could be Hermione. John, you could be Ron. Andrew, uh, Harry. <laughs> How can Andrew be Harry? Look at me compared to like. Glasses. Oh. That's all it is. Yeah, we'll we do that for like a Halloween. I'm not episode. ginger. And Andrew, I find that deeply you offensive. Fine, you can be Harry then, and Andrew can be Voldemort. Yeah, that's more like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a... definitely Voldemort. Oh, Harry Voldemort. Honestly. Um, yeah, but thank you so much. I think it's been a really good episode and it's so good like finding out more about you and your blogs and your user groups and stuff. So yeah, big thank you from me. Thank you, Sophie. Lovely to Thanks speak to you guys. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. Please make sure you hit that like, share and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight and we're also on LinkedIn for Microsoft Spotlight podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about Big Titan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remote migrations start here. Let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS, which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.